Apparition, 2011. Artist unknown. Unknown materials. Attention. Please note that a signed liability waiver is required to enter this gallery. Any patron who enters without a signed liability waiver will be subjected to loud recordings of polka music performed by a middle school orchestra. This music will remain audible to the patron and the people around them, even after they have vacated the gallery, as a gentle reminder to do better in the future. Also of note, in signing the liability waiver, the patron agrees to follow the instructions of either the gallery attendant or their audio guide, depending on the nature of their tour. The patron agrees to follow these instructions promptly and without question. This will help to avoid unpleasantness for everyone involved. Now then, please proceed to the spot on the floor labeled 1 and stand facing the indicated direction. Very good. It should appear before you in 3, 2, 1. Do you see it? The figure flickering in and out of existence? Details can be difficult to make out from this first location, though years of study have confirmed a few things. The figure, whoever they are, wears a blazer-like jacket with some sort of embellished collar and lapel. The figure also seems to indicate their face in some kind of gesture, though in this location within the gallery their expression remains unreadable. They appear in stops and starts, cutting in and out of view in jagged bursts, like a glitch in a video file, electronic corruption pixelating them and preventing clear observation. You have approximately 30 seconds remaining until the figure materializes in its next location. Please be ready for my mark to proceed to the viewing position labeled 2. It's been said that, if you listen closely, sometimes you can even hear what sounds like static coming from the figure, in the moments that they stutter in and out of focus. 5 seconds. 4, 3, 2, 1. Please move to the next viewing location. From here, the figure's face is more easily visible, despite the continued glitch-like behavior. Through the inconstant moments when their form appears most solid, you may notice their wide eyes and open mouth, as if they are trying to say something. This installation appeared under curious circumstances. Initially, this gallery housed a multimedia exhibit by Giovanni Moon, which examined the human relationship with the digital world. And then overnight, this apparition appeared in its place. This change also coincided with the disappearance of one of the estate's curators. According to his colleagues, he had planned to stay late that night to do some maintenance on the exhibit. He has never been found. Please proceed to the third viewing location in five, four, three, two, one. Attempts to track the movement of this figure have confirmed that the apparitions changing locations do follow a pattern, albeit a complex one. Hence the timed admittance to view it and the carefully plotted observation positions. These locations provide closer and closer vantages of the figure for the benefit and enjoyment of our patrons. Though the quest to map this route did result in at least one other disappearance. The unfortunate individual in question was a senior curator 
who vanished when she accidentally came into contact with the glitching figure. This curator had a penchant for bold fashion choices and a particular love of blazers. She frequently wore one with an embellished collar and lapel. By now you have undoubtedly noticed that the figure is moving their mouth, though still in that pixelated start-and-stop fashion. Some observers think that they're mouthing the word hello. Others believe the word is help. Please note that the remaining viewing locations must be taken at a sprint and will lead you to the gallery exit. And remember, keep to the path in five, four, three, two, run. Attention Godfrey guests, attention. The unauthorized band of performance artists currently occupying the third floor of the East Gallery have painted a message on the outer wall of the building. From what we can tell, the message seems to protest the return of our Theatre Under the Stars series. The message reads, in angry all-capital letters, What's the difference? The words are followed by grotesque renderings of the comedy and tragedy masks. If they are in fact inquiring about the difference between immersive theatrical experiences and performance art, well, it is a fine line between them, we grant you, but there is a difference, and we know it when we see it. And besides, they are entirely missing the point, that the occasional nights of immersive performances are forced upon both audience and actors by a power beyond anyone's control or understanding. The performance artists chose their medium deliberately, and are subjecting innocent bystanders to it even as we speak, despite our staff's continued efforts to free them. <sighs> as always, please stay tuned for further updates. Dead Stop, 1958. Andy Warhol ink on paper. It's so easy to imagine yourself in this scene, isn't it? A moment that is unfortunately all too commonplace. A car crash. Two vehicles in a head-on collision. The perspective paints you as a bystander to the wreckage. Perhaps you saw it coming. Or perhaps you only heard it. And when you turned to look, you saw only the grisly aftermath, the echoes of tearing metal and screeching tires still ringing in your ears. In either case, you see the darkness roll in, a darkness that is somehow deeper than the night around it. It moves with an unsettling fluidity as it creeps toward, then into the cars, seeping into the vehicles through shattered glass and gaps in rent metal frames through the now accordion-like hoods, through exhaust pipes that still sputter black smoke. You, the bystander, see this darkness fill the interior of both cars, obscuring from view everything including the unmoving drivers. Can darkness glow? You ask yourself this knowing it is impossible, knowing it is a thing contrary to all reason and laws of physics. 
but the glowing darkness within the cars pulses, undulates, and suddenly withdraws from the vehicles, retreating into the night and blotting out the stars. You see the unmoving drivers slumped against their steering wheels. Have their horns been blaring this whole time? Or are your ears still just ringing from the crash mere moments ago? Was it only moments ago? You see the drivers move, lift their heads up from their steering wheels, and you think for a moment you've witnessed a miracle, and you forget your fear of that roiling darkness. But then the drivers turn to you, turn in perfect unison, and you see that their faces are gaunt, shrunken masks pulled too tight over their skulls. You see that their eyes are hollow pits that all the same glitter with that impossible glow. You watch as the drivers fumble at their doors and swing them open on protesting hinges. You watch this and remember that miracle is not synonymous with good. A fresh wave of fear crashes over you as the drivers stagger forward, walking on legs bent at unnatural angles. Your terror rises as you notice a sign just in front of you, has it always been there? That reads, Dead Stop. You want to run. You want so desperately to flee this place and just keep running, running, running until those hollow eyes cannot find you. But you can't run. You can't even move. You are at a dead stop too, you realize. The drivers are almost upon you. They reach for you with spindly, shrunken fingers that are also bent in unnatural ways. And still you cannot move, not even to close your eyes and look away from your own fate. But then, the sign flashes. Once, twice, three times, the words illuminating in an alternating rhythm. Dead. Stop. Dead. Stop. Dead. Stop. And they do. The drivers halt, their fingers inches from your face. They lower their outstretched arms. They turn. They careen back to their mangled cars. The ringing in your ears vanishes. You look up at the sky and see that stars blink back into view. You look back at the accident, but find only an empty stretch of road, clear of all debris. The sign remains. Then you hear the roar of car engines, approaching from opposite directions. They grow louder and louder. You start to run. And when you hear the car crash again, it is only a distant echo of tearing metal and screeching tires. This time, the sound does not linger. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knutson, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. It was produced on unceded Tongva, Chumash, and Keech territory. Enjoying your trip to the estate? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. 
and consider telling a friend about us, or two, or three, or everyone you know. To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide, or visit our website, thegodfreyaudioguide.com. For Godfrey merchandise, visit our online store, thegodfreyaudioguide.threadless.com. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreyaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts available as public posts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.